All right, TJ. Denny Lane is in our ears and in our eyes. And in the skies. <laughs> Not in disguise. With glasses. <laughs> Three, two, one. Untitled Beatles Podcast. Welcome to the Untitled Beatles Podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm TJ. And I'm going to guess that Judy in Disguise was originally sung by The Looking Glass. Who sang it? Good guess. I'm going to guess the uh, one of those bands like the the Fabulous Mindbenders or whatever. We've got a groovy kind of love. Judy, that was Stop. that was by John Fred and his Playboy Band, Louisiana-based John Fred and his Playboy Band, late 1967. Great tune. I guess I'll just take your glasses. TJ, how's your 2024 going so far here? Uh, here in late 2023, smashing Tony. It is so far. 2024 <laughs> is great. That one bowl game was sure awesome. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, that had that great outcome, and the outcome was due to lack of attendance. This year's Kenny Rogers Roasters Bowl was canceled. But the game was fun, and we ate these standard sports foods. Delicious rotisserie chicken. Four sides. Two choices of pasta. <laughs> Did this become like a Mad Lib? <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a P3Zy Nuts Mad Lib. Six corn muffins. Cream of soup. Fried peanuts. Prawn crackers. Six soft drinks. Well, TJ, we wanted to pay tribute to uh, Denny Lane today here on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Yeah, the very sad late uh, 2023 passing of Denny Lane, who was with Paul from what, basically 10 years, 71 to 81. Yeah. And who had a pretty well-established career before Paul with the Moody Blues and some other bands we'll talk about. But yeah, it's... It's really sad. I think I was more moved by it a day or two after it happened and really began to consider just how much Denny Lane meant to Paul McCartney through the years as probably the closest right-hand man he'd ever had consistently after John Lennon to date. Because even though he still he's played with his current band longer, the, the Rusty Andersons of the world, right. um, he doesn't really write with them. He and Denny wrote songs and at least one massive cuckoo hit So yeah, after John, I think Denny Lane is Paul's most significant co-writer, and that's where I really thought it was worthy to dedicate some time to him, because other than Linda, no no one else had that big of an influence on Paul from the break with the Beatles onward. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I've never thought about the longevity. It's just about the same amount of time, you know, he had with John, albeit, you know, clearly we know who's in charge with Paul, but still... Yeah, he had this like 10-year relationship with him where he's he was there. He survived all those walkouts during uh, Band on the Run and all that. And and then they were a three-piece again in London Town. That's right. 
Yeah. The most laconic of records. <laughs> it's pretty laconic. <laughs> it is. It's iconically laconic. Walking down the sidewalk on a purple afternoon, I was accosted by a barker playing the simple tune upon his flute. Yeah, and he stayed with Paul even after the breakup of Wings. You can find a lot of Denny on Tug of War and Pipes of Peace, which yeah. some of which are left over, almost all of which is left over from the uh, uh, Tug of War sessions. But yeah, so Denny post Wings is still in McCartney's orbit for Tug of War, maybe his biggest album since Band on the Run. So yeah, it's he was really important to Paul's story. But before we begin, Tony housekeeping from tony oh yes <laughs> do you have any i felt like we were gonna launch i didn't know if we had anything to talk about no you're right you're right here we'll do it like the fedex guy uh, if you remember him if <laughs> i remember yeah business is business and as we all know in order to get something done you gotta do something in order to do something we gotta get to work so let's get to work thank you for taking the meeting here i'll do it slow but we'll speed it up how about that well, thanks for explaining the technological aspect <laughs> this is just for the editor notes to the editor <laughs> Like and subscribe, write a kind review, join our Patreon. We have three levels. Visit our merch store online, untitledbeatlespodcast.com. Tell all your friends about us. For every 10 listeners, we will come to your town. And put Untitled Beatles podcast coasters in your urinals. We will coast your little urinals all over your city or municipality. Offer not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. Well, he was born, not Denny Lane, TJ. He was born Brian Frederick Arthur Hines. Too Jewish, gotta change it. <laughs> also too ketchupy, okay? Too condimenty, if you ask me. He big Chuck Knoll guy. If I have to motivate you, I will fire you. He was born in 1944 in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Bir- Bir- Birmingham, excuse me, Birmingham. In the West Midlands there in the UK. Birmingham, you do want to stress on that first burr syllable. Birmingham. Uh, he took his name Lane from Frankie Lane. I guess his sister was uh, rather uh, amorous about him. Apparently, Frankie Lane was in her ears and in her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> his sister I'm talking about. <laughs> Lawsuit. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> So that's where he got, Frankie Lane is where he got the lane from. And then Denny, where does that come from? Uh, It came from the fact that, quote, everyone had a backyard and a den to hang out. I think I got that nickname there. (laughs) Because, you know, when I was a kid, everyone called me White Hen Pantry Donkey Kong Machine. (laughs) Still do behind your back. (laughs) Because that's where I hung out. <laughs> <laughs> they had a Donkey Kong at your white end? It was, it was a 7-Eleven, but Whitehead's funnier. <laughs> no, they had Dragon's Lair at my 7-Eleven. Donkey Kong's funnier than Dragon's Lair. Let me answer. What the <laughs> fuck? You are the George Santos of the Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> hey, I'm, I, I, you know what, TJ? I'm a fab for you list. You're telling me that you'll be true. So he's a founding member of the Moody Blues, and this is back when they're like more like an R&B combo. And they opened for the Beatles on their last British tour back in 65. 65. Since you gotta go,
Also, George and Paul were at the launch party for the Moody's first album called The Magnificent Moody's. And he quits the Moody's, as they were known, in 66. So this is before the big Knights in White Satin business. Or the Mikhail Baryshnikov film, White Knights in White <laughs> Satin. The hit of which was Separate Ways, featuring a lot of, I believe, on the Atlantic Records label, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. Most likely. Yeah, I mean, if you've got Robert Plant, John Hyatt, David Foster, yeah, you're talking Atlantic Records That's a, for well, sure. Phil Collins, right? Phil Collins. The Atlantic imprint. speak to me so so after he quits the Moody's, he's putting out solo singles, Say You Don't Mind. Which actually Colin Blundstone of the Zombies had kind of a, I think a top 20 hit with it, a cover of it. That's cool. He's also got a song called Too Much In Love, the B-side Catherine's Wheel. Is a song I checked out. I quite liked it. And then he forms uh, the Electric String Band. So it's basically, he's in this kind of Birmingham scene, like bands like The Move. The Uglies. And the days break and the nights fall and drift into time. Pretty Things. You don't believe me when I say guys from that band it's kind of like a precursor to elo he has this band the electric string band and they did some peel sessions denny lane and the electric string band and the machine song there's an ufo club live set you can hear Also, of note, he attended the 14-hour Technicolor Dream in 67. So he was at that thing. Maybe he's heard Carnival of Light. Maybe he has. Yeah. Hey, whoever's going through Denny's things there in Florida, (laughs) look for a tape of that Carnival of Light. Okay? And then send it to Untitled Beatles Podcast, Kara Makesfield, Chicago, Illinois, 606060606. Send it media mail Because it's media <laughs> Yeah, put right, right Fragile on there The organizers of this country's first major psychedelic event Chose May Day Eve for their all-night ritual And Alexandra Palace as their temple They offered the Queen and the Prime Minister free admission And charged 7,000 other people a pound a head <laughs> TJ, I think you'll like this next band he was involved with 
Trevor Burton from The Move, his project called Balls. Yeah, this is called Balls, which initially I thought was a mispronunciation of the Ringo cover. <laughs> I'm talking about balls. Yeah, yeah, balls. Yeah, yeah, balls. You're talking about yeah, balls. That's that Birmingham accent. Birmingham is south of Liverpool. Not by much, though. Balls. <laughs> Check it out, man. They had a great little single, Fight for My Country, featuring Denny Lane on bass and Alan White on drums. Yeah, well, the last thing Denny did before he passed was he was working on a cover of Don't Try This Shit in a Tiny Town. He also was with Ginger Baker's Air Force, man. So we were talking about Ginger Baker a little bit with the old uh, band on the run. From the Ashes of Blind Faith, it's Ginger Baker's Air Force. You got Stevie Winwood on keys. Also Graham Bond from the Graham Bond organization on organ. Uh, Rich Gretsch. Rick Grech. I didn't check the pronunciation. Do you know he's the bassist in traffic? Yeah, it was what Billy Joel saying. AIDS crack Bernie Getch. <laughs> Dude, he also played on McGear. Yep. What do we really know? What do we really know? What do we really know? I mean, McGear basically is Wings. So, yeah. So, let's talk about Wings, right? He's in Wings. Yeah. And he's the longest serving member. He made his debut on the Wildlife album, Mm -hmm. which is a great record. We've talked about it on the show. We did. It's one of the weirder records. Yeah. And Denny's voice and his harmonies are kind of prominent that you begin to know who Denny Lane is. Yeah, that's it's one of my favorite records by them. Um, I mean, he's basically he's on them all. He's on every Wings album. He started getting solo songs a little later on, but um, he's on every Wings album from Wildlife through Back to the Egg. He's not on McCartney too, and then he shows up on Tug of War and Pipes of Peace. I don't think he's on any of Broad Street. No, no, I think yeah, I think that's kind of when the the partnership ended. Yeah, I think Paul got into movie mode and Broad Street, and yeah, he took that detour. Uh, and that was a detour. <laughs> sure was. Cut to the nine-minute ballroom <laughs> dancing solo. <laughs> yeah. I love Broad Street. I know we reviewed it. We need to re-review it and see and not listen to the earlier episode and see if our thoughts have changed or are the same. <laughs> that That's our deluxe remix. <laughs> Doing it again. McCartney plays not so much a beetle as a monkey. He's just some simple little kind of guy who goes around in the backseat of a Rolls Royce making a fool out of himself. This movie is a real disgrace. I give it one star. I'm Roger Ebert. 
Yeah, and like you alluded to earlier, man, he starts writing songs with Paul. Some songs with Paul, some on his own. But we've got on Band on the Run, he does no words. On Speed of Sound, Time to Hide. It's a great live version of that on uh, Wings Over America, that which I had before Wings of the Speed of Sound, and that, that might be one of my favorite Lane tracks. Obviously, he also does the old Moody song, Go Now, the hit they had back in uh, 64, 65, whenever that was. And it's a great version of Wings Over Mary. It's another great one, too. And because I had that before I knew who anyone really was, you know, I had the original, check this out, the quote-unquote fat box CD on Columbia of Wings Over America when I was in fifth grade. And it's the Columbia, it's a terrible pressing Wait, of it, but... Fatbox, what's Fatbox? Fatbox are back when they'd release two CD sets in a in a, oh, in a yes. double jewel case versus two separate CD jewel cases. Yes. A Fatbox was the one you opened, it had the CDs in the plastic in the middle with a pronged a plastic yes. middle. Yes, and you could actually get three CDs out of that too. You could. Yeah, you, and yeah, yeah. in fact, when Wings Over America was first put on CD, which I want to say was '84, the label on the CD said three records set on two compact discs was on the cover, not like a <laughs> sticker. It was part of the the maroon oh, that surrounded. It, it was really funny <laughs> into the artwork. They did that. I I remember the Simon and Garfunkel concert for New York, like almost as big as the title is like two records on one compact disc. Look look what we can do with this new technology. I watched that live. Remember, that was live on HBO, right? Because I remember watching that with my folks, and it, it got edited out, but like a guy charges the stage or gets on stage, and it was a real weird moment. On a cold December evening, I was walking through the Christmas tide when a stranger came up and asked me if I had heard John Lennon had died. And the two of us went to this bar and we stayed to close the play. Just a year after John, or not even right. a full year after John's death. It was the following summer. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned your concert in the park. And at one point, someone jumped up on the stage uh, and, and moved towards you. Do you ever wor uh, worry for your own safety on stage, or is that an element you don't consider? No, I consider it. And of course, uh, after John Lennon's uh, murder, uh, w ones, uh, you have a heightened awareness of it. I remember watching that live as a kid and being like, what was that? And my, you know, my parents were like, ah. Pretend like it's an A's uh, Royals game. Someone's just streaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just streaking USA. And he ain't wearing no clothes. they call him the street. But yeah, so uh, Tony, at the time, I thought that Go Now was just a McCartney song. I mean, I knew that he wasn't singing it, but 
you know, much like in uh, Picasso's Last Words as well, Denny takes that one too. So these are songs, even though that's a Paul song, Go Now, I just assume, was part of the Wings repertoire. It wasn't until many years later that I learned that it was from his time with the Moody Blues. You've already said Then we have your favorite song by Wings, TJ, Mole of Kintyre. Now, why do you like this song? He co-wrote it with Paul, so congratulations. Biggest selling song probably Denny ever wrote, right? Co-wrote. Yes, and Denny complained on more than one occasion about how little he was paid for the songwriting royalties of this. Oh, no, really? Yeah, in one of the McCartney books, there's something about... You know, here I wrote one of the biggest hits of all time, and Paul said, hey, you're lucky to just kind of be in the band. Bummer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's, and you know, there was, we can't talk about Denny without talking about some of the falling out with him, uh, with Paul and with Linda, because then Denny was giving interviews to the press in the 80s where he was saying how domineering Linda was, but then also saying how Paul had to kind of drag her along. And I remember Linda had a quote where she was saying, Denny came off looking badly because like, which is it? Is Linda domineering or is she a wimp? You know, you can't say both things to the press and expect to be taken seriously. So Denny did have a falling out with them. And I think maybe for some valid reasons. Um, Some of the reports, I mean, particularly the reports about the days of the Beatles, suggest that he he is at times a difficult man to get on with. Did you ever find that? Well, I've had my um, moments. Yeah, we're every musician's difficult to get on with, you know. I mean, he's a perfectionist. <laughs> it's, that's the, what it's all about, you know. Fine, Denny. Good luck with your new career. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, I mean, fast forward to the end, and they're throwing a a GoFundMe thing and a benefit concert, you know, uh, for medical expenses that you know. That's kind of wild. That's kind of wild when you've written like a worldwide number one hit or whatever. I mean, yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> you have the extraordinary story of sort of, you know, rags to riches, then back down again to rags and hopefully on your way up to riches. You've, well, had, you've had a lot of financial problems, haven't you? Well, I think all musicians do that. They go up and down, you know. I'm not in it for the money. I mean, he lied. You know. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not really. And, and sort of, you don't think about it. The fact that things cost money and you just go ahead and if sometimes, you know, it goes wrong, you just... You're very bad with money, you think? I am, yeah, I'm terrible with it, yeah. If I've got it, I'll spend it, you know. It also begs the question, as one of Paul's biggest defenders of all time... Hashtag best version of Mulligan Tire. This isn't even a hashtag because you can't go on that long with one. The best version of Mulligan Tire is on the All My Trials CD single from 1990. He does it live in Glasgow, Scotland with his then touring band and he's yelping and stuff. It's a great version of it. It's the one I prefer. And I will send it to you as soon as we're done. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or Casey. I'll get right on to listening to that. Bagpipes, they're just the, <laughs> my favorite sound on the planet.
Yeah, so Tony, there is some question, like not that Paul owes anybody anything, but when Denny was so ill, there was some online chatter. I don't know if I agree with or not saying, hey, you know, Paul, why don't you front all this and let's stop all this nonsense? Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, I don't think it's Paul's responsibility per se to save every person with a problem. It's really hard though, because they did have a relationship. And if Denny does feel like, Hey, I didn't get a fair share out of this thing. I really don't know what the songwriting, you know, he got a co-writing credit. So I don't really know what the songwriting, how it went down, you know, was it Denny who was like, Oh, you got to have bagpipes, you know, as the most loudest thing on the record. Well, Denny had just come (laughs) from a police funeral in Boston. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) If only only he hadn't attended that ceremony, (laughs) I might like this fucking song. No, you know, originally girls school had bagpipes and was a lot slower. There's also some gossip, and I don't want to give Untitled Beatles Podcast breaking news without running this by you first. Oh, let's hear it. Yeah, here's an Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive for your ass, Tony. Here we go. Untitled Beatles Podcast exclusive. Paul McCartney, once one of the richest men in entertainment, is apparently in financial trouble for having signed an agreement where for every song he discussed with Paul Muldoon, he gave him $15 million. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) See, Alan Klein wouldn't have let that happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I, hopefully Paul will be all right. Hopefully he will. Muldoon. (laughs) Uh, some other songs, though, we were talking about London Town. He was pretty prolific. He had like five co-writes on London Town, basically half the record. The title track, Children, Children. What are the two songs about children? Deliver Your Children. The second song about children. Yeah. Also, children don't talk to that clown. That was the B-side to Mola Kintyre in <laughs> Baraboo, Wisconsin, where they have the circus museum. They had a great Sam Goody at that mall. <laughs> now it would have been a music land. <laughs> get, get, your, get your regional record shades right. How come you don't know that Sam Goody began east of Indiana and it was music land at the west? <laughs> Uh, also, Don't Let It Bring You Down. I like that song. It's a good one. Don't go down. Don't get out of town. Get to know how it goes. How it goes. And the oh so quirky. Morse Moose and his gray goose. Jones was calling me, for tranquility, the gray goose flew away. 
maybe not their finest moment as collaborators. <laughs> Can't win them all. Uh, he did again and again and again on Back to the Egg. And that, yeah, as far as I know, that's all he's got with Wings. And there's a few tracks Denny recorded with Wings that he wrote that have Paul's uh, band, the Wings band at the time, and Paul playing on them that didn't see release until Denny issued Japanese Tears in 1980. But those songs are I Would Only Smile, which is a bonus track on the recent Red Rose Speedway reissue. In my heart, you are. But as part of Japanese Tears, which is a uh, Denny Lane album from 80, we'll get into in a moment because I had that album, only I had the cassette version. It was called In Flight with Paul and Linda McCartney. And it was a cutout at Mm. the entertainment outlet, which is, I think I mentioned before, the Rose Records on like State Parkway and Cedar. In its last couple years, the Rose Records became a discount store called the Entertainment Outlet, and it was all cutouts, new cassettes, albums, and CDs. Oh, crazy. The Rose Records chain took all their their warehouse stuff and used the Rose Records lease because everyone's converting to CDs. Some warehouse had just opened down the street, which was a five-floor record store, so the old Rose <laughs> Records was discount stuff, and I bought a bunch of stuff there, but one of the things I got was the cassette of Denny Lane in Flight, which was a repackage of 1980's Japanese Tears. But the other track is in the Back to the Egg sessions that's on Japanese Tears, and that's called Weep for Love. And that was a song that was recorded for Back to the Egg or during those sessions that never made it. That's cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that one. He did co-write Rain Clouds. Great song. The B-side to Ebony and Ivory. Yeah, because he yeah, so he's playing keyboards, guitars, and vocals on Pipes Apiece. And then prior to that, he's all over Tug of War. He's playing guitar, guitar synthesizer, bass on Wanderlust. Well, and it's important to note two things here. One Rain Clouds, as we've alluded to on the show, that was finished the day John Lennon died. Yeah. Or shortly after Paul had learned with Denny Lane and George Martin, they decided to keep working. So that has a distinction, even though it's on a Wings track, that's another very close personal Paul and Denny track because that's how Paul spent the day mourning the death of John Lennon, was finishing that song. And also, man, he sang backing vocals on All Those Years Ago, George Harrison. Yes, along with Paul and Linda. Yeah. That's right. With, yeah, Ringo on, with Ringo on drums. That was kind of the first Beatle tribute song. People, oh God, we got to do a whole, we'll do somewhere in England, the album, but 
all those years ago has taken such crap over the years for being too bouncy for a tribute song. It's awkward. (laughs) The lyrics are awkward. That's from 81, buddy. My sweet spot, your sweet spot. That's one of my early fell in love with solo Beatles songs. Summer of 81. That song was everywhere. I bought the 45 of it at Wax Tracks and Dark Horse Records with the, with the whole picture <laughs> sleeve. Um, yeah, man. And like I, I, all those years ago was the first kind of Beatle reunion track that had Paul. Yeah. Because Paul and George didn't play together a, a, no. after I Me Mine. <laughs> no. Right. Right. George is willing to get uh, the Motown guy playing bass. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> Your thinking of session bassist Willie Weeks, who played on the Motown imprint, Tamla Records. And all those years ago was, by the way, written for Ringo. Right. Much yeah. like nobody told me that was going to be a Ringo song, and Ringo thought it was too difficult to sing. You said it all, full of many hatties, all those years ago. You had control of our smiles and our tears, all <laughs> then again, like hearing him do Oh My My in concert, and he, it's the only time he goes, oh, I wish I hadn't done that one. <laughs> <laughs> can't believe I ate the whole thing. <laughs> I can't believe I ate that whole thing. <laughs> the, the original ragu. No, it was a ton. I remember what that was. It was Alka-Seltzer's, I think, actually. For your upset stomach and headache, take Alka-Seltzer and feel better fast. Did you drink your Alka-Seltzer? The whole thing. I would like to point out that Denny Lane also played on Linda McCartney's Wide Prairie album, I Got Up. He's uh, backing vocals and guitars, Seaside Woman piano, and he plays flute on my favorite Linda McCartney song, Oriental Nightfish. Nightfish. glad you brought up oriental nightfish because the song he wrote about the japan pot bust is kind of offensive it's called japanese tears and it's oh like, yeah it's like eight <laughs> percent can't do it yeah i remember <laughs> you referenced japanese tears once before uh-huh. and i had to find it to drop it and i was like this song <laughs> doesn't hold up well that's what in 1980 he released this album on an independent label called japanese tears it it was repackaged like i said in the mid 80s called in flight that's a copy that i had on tape we were all friends together in a very strange life that was a tap on my shoulder But Japanese Tears was a collection of Denny Lane solo songs that also featured, I'm pretty sure it's a re-record of Go Now. I I can't remember. I did not listen to the full album (laughs) because, you know, only so much you can do. But um, yeah, Go Now is on there, as are the two. When that was issued in 1980 and then on tape, I didn't know it at the time and probably didn't really care at the time. But 
those are the unreleased songs from the Red Rose Speedway and Back to the Egg sessions on a random Denny Lane album. Yeah. Weep for Love, because Back to the Egg hasn't had a deluxe reissue yet, only exists on Japanese Tears. That's Paul McCartney playing bass and the, the Steve okay. Holly-led band at the time. Um, right. And huh. that iteration of Back to the Egg Wings, that's a Wings track that is only available on Japanese Tears to this point. Yeah, that's wild. It's crazy. That is wild. Send me the heart that's broken into I'm ending and sending back to you. Yeah, he had a lot of solo records. Um, ah, Lane in 1973. Speaking of Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> TJ, what is the ah? What do you think? What do you think's happening there? Ah, Lane. Well, what's that great song? Ah, Leia. It's pronounced Aaliyah, and the song was called More Than a Woman. Uh, his second album in 1977 was called Holly Days. I don't have that. I'm pretty sure Paul's involved in that as well. Pretty sure Paul plays on that too. Anyone Can Fly, 1982. Hometown Girls, 1985, 1987. Wings on My Feet. <laughs> Hashtag wiki feed. Hashtag Rick Rubin. <laughs> Hashtag Rick Rubin. Uh, then he, yeah, he put out some other stuff too. Lonely Road, Master Sweet, All I Want Is Freedom, and then Reborn in 96. Oh, there's also a record in 96 called Wings at the Sound of Denny Lane. Well, that makes sense because he toured a lot. I saw Denny Lane live. Oh, yeah, man. Tell us about that. I saw him live at a small club in Evanston, not Space. It's a club that I can't remember the name of. It's like a half restaurant, half little stage. And it was a small venue for him, but I just moved to Evanston, which is, you know, where Northwestern is, just outside of Chicago. And I went with Mark Carroll, actually, of the um, Carroll Pop podcast. Great longtime Chicago Tribune arts critic, Bon Vivant. He wrote the Foie Gras book. He's a great, great guy. Huge Beatle fan, too. And we went to go see um, Denny Lane together. He did a ton of songs in Band of the Run, a ton of solo stuff, told a lot of stories. I actually recorded some video from that, and here it is right now. So it was a really neat night, and that was a night that made me kind of reappreciate Denny Lane. So that, I mean, in my mind, the tragedy of his death just a few years later is I really began to take Denny Lane seriously after I saw him live, because I'm of a generation who didn't get to see Wings in their, you know, in any incarnation. First time I saw Paul was the '89 show at Rosemont Horizon in Chicago. So. 
getting to see him live gave me a great appreciation for Denny Lane. And he seemed to perform the Wings and McCartney stuff without any bitterness. He seemed to perform with real love and joy for what he was singing and the times and music he created with Paul. Now, TJ, I hate to interrupt that wonderful story, but those sirens I hear. Oh, oh. TJ, I think that's Interpol at your door. Oh, oh, we should not have dropped that bootleg that you filmed, that you and only you filmed. Don't take my son. Don't. Okay, no, it's getting expensive. Take him. Can I get All right. All right. Ooh, things got a little bit dicey there. Yowza. Hold on just a second. We'll get him right back online. TJ, you there? TJ, we got you? Okay, we got you. Oh, cool. They gave, um, I'm so glad Interpol gave you, you know, a couple minutes to finish the podcast. That's nice. Thanks, Interpol. Well, in all due respect, as NWA said, fuck the Interpolice. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the police coming straight from the underground. Denny Lane, man, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2018 for his work with the Moody Blues. So he's in there, man. He's in there. Do you think he'll get reenacted probably with the wings and all that maybe? Yeah, I think so, although it's hard to top. My favorite Denny Lane vocal of all time is Once upon a time Once when you were mine I remember skies All right, man. Well, you know, sadly, yeah, Denny. So he got COVID in 2022. And he had a series of lung surgeries. There was the GoFundMe. We talked about the GoFundMe. And then, yeah, man, there was this benefit concert at the Troubadour back in November in Los Angeles. Yeah, not long, what, about two weeks before he passed, Tony? Yeah. But I'm glad they did it, man. Then some 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 cool folks turned out, man. Mickey Dolenz from the yeah. Monkees, Denny Sywell, Lawrence Juber, from the world of comedy, Neil Hamburger, Tim Heidecker. Yeah. And they all performed. Uh, and let's not forget Peter Asher and Paul Schaefer, man. Shea, the Schaefer yeah. was there. Because Paul <laughs> Schaefer gets it. You know, it turns out I Go Crazy was a cover of James Brown. Who, who knew? I thought it was a Moody Blues song <laughs> with Denny Lane singing. Because Paul Schaefer gets it, man. So thank you, bros, for coming out and showing some support for, uh, yeah, for Denny Lane. As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Tony, he's one of the more unsung people in the Beatles world. In fact, maybe he's got to be included in our uh, seventh Beatle bracket as a musician. Because oh, yeah. He's got to be, yeah. With all due respect to Elvis Costello and Hamish Stewart and Ryan Tedder, who co-wrote Fayou. Come on, guy. My least favorite. Paul, this is another great late-era Paul McCartney insane story. Is Paul McCartney claims to have written Fayou despite his producer, and he still does it live, a random Egypt station track when he plays, like, Brazil. Like, which <laughs> is it? We're going to do what we've never never done before. It's called Sergeant Pepper. You did it in 89. I saw it. <laughs> Stop telling the Live 8 audience the lies, Paul, for goodness sake. You've got the bootleg to prove it. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Fuck the inner police. <laughs> Fuck the police. 
they don't want peace. They want a Shandog to cease, so we'll cease to be a problem. Um, so yeah, Tony, uh, you know, Denny Lane co-wrote more with Paul McCartney than anybody not named John Lennon or Linda. So yeah. In, the, yeah, man. in the pantheon of influence on Paul McCartney's career, and not to mention in the U.S., I have my page open on the wonderful Mark Walgren book, Beatles on Record. But, you know, Mull of Kintyre replaced She Loves You as the biggest selling song in the U.K. It was then replaced by Do They Know It's Christmas back in 84. Right. I, I'm, I'm certain it's been outsold since then. But one of the biggest songs in the history of the U.K., Denny Lane co-wrote he made $28, but he still right. did it. But in the U.S., Mull of Kintyre, which in the U.K. was such a massive, massive hit, made number 30. It, it only clocked a Pippin uh, uh, on, the, on the Billboard charts coming to number 33. By the way, I, I went to a video Pippin uh, to, to rent movies when I was a kid as well. <laughs> Call back to the previous episode. You know what they say, Tony? Pippin ain't easy. (laughs) Anything goes when it comes to Beatle Bros, but Pippin ain't easy. Yeah, and that was, it was a major misstep. And in fact, one of the last singles, maybe the last single Paul released on Cap, no, because London Town stuff was coming up next with Little Luck. But after all the London Town stuff, Paul was gone from Capital in North America. And the Mull of Kintyre was a double A side with girls' school because I think Paul Paul's thought was well if people don't like Mullen Kintyre at least they like this hard rocker on the B side and that was kind of a uh, stiffed on the charts. Well, there you go. He needed Denny Lane in his ears. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, here's my problem. Denny Lane is in my ears and in my thighs. <laughs> Every single time you squeeze thigh master, you strengthen and tone right where you need it. So it's easy to squeeze, squeeze your way to shapely hips and thighs. Well, you better get on that New Year's resolution, TJ. Stat. <laughs> oh, the keyboard shut off. <laughs> it's got a power saving component. I was going to play. <laughs> Wait for it, Tony. <laughs> we got the old ring in the new. Well, thank you for joining us here in 2024, a brand new year. <laughs> for our producer, KC, I'm Tony. There's a time you take and a time for living. A brand new year for the Untitled Beatles podcast. There were times and I found that it was you. There's a path you take and a path not take. A brand new life, brand new life. That's a brand new head around the band. How come they canceled Tony Danza and why is everyone talking about Hamilton? I don't get it. <laughs> Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. But you didn't, didn't you do some ridiculous things like um, you had a Ferrari and you didn't insure it properly? <laughs> no, that's not true. Is that true? Oh, that's, yeah. that's wrong, is it? Huh? But didn't, 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 didn't you lose a lot of money? You smashed it up. Well, I knew there was something like that. Yeah. You lost a lot of money on it, and you, and you yeah. had a yacht, and yeah. something went wrong with that as well. <laughs> that's yeah. Terrible. It sunk. I think was what went wrong. Are you sort of a wiser man now? Do you think you'd handle it all differently this time? Um, no. I don't see. <laughs> <laughs>